TII item 295, February 1st, 2014. Can you spot the bubble? Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit Hover.com and as a new user, use promo code TIICASH to save 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending the music you hear in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song with my iPhone 4 using GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Regards, Jeff J. Thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's show. Ben had the following to say. Hi, Rob. I made this artwork on my iPhone 4 by taking the default iOS 7 wallpaper, adding the noir effect to it in the Photos app, and adding the text with Doodle Buddy. Also want to say that I installed iOS 7 on my iPhone 4 and it's not laggy at all. It performs just as smooth as iOS 6.1.3. Regards, Ben. Ben, thanks for sending in this artwork. And you can see Ben's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 295, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, Nokia may hasten the end of the Apple revolution, unquote. Kafi Bofa, Seeking Alpha, 30th of October, 2013. About the only company that Nokia has any chance of ending any innovation or revolution with would be, um, well, let's see. Oh, oh yeah, Microsoft. That's who Nokia is going to bring down. Microsoft. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 294, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Instagraphy Slow Motion Cam. We will be giving out those promo codes sometime this week. If you would like to learn more about this app, you can go and listen to the beginning of episode 294 for the additional details. No new apps this week to give out, but a quick reminder, if you are an app developer or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes and more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please be sure to include a 60-second or less audio review of your app and or iBook. I guess it can't be and or app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, uh, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Super Bowl weekend this weekend, just to let you know who I'm rooting for. Denver Broncos. Not that I have anything against Seattle Seahawks or anything for Denver Broncos. Actually, quite the contrary. I want the Broncos to win so that Manning will walk off into the sunset and retire, and I don't have to face him as a Kansas City Chief fan next year twice. So I guess I should say, go Manning. Literally, go. Go retire. Win your Super Bowl and go retire. Okay, let's get into some news. Some of you outside the U.S. have an iOS update available 
version 7.0.5 is available now for non-US iPhone owners. And really, it's just some iPhones outside the US, and definitely not all or even most. This update corrects network provisioning for some iPhone 5Ss and 5C models sold in China. It also affects some in Europe and Asia Pacific as well. Again, this update is not for most, just some, and it really brings no new features or other fixes other than, again, it fixes some network provisioning issues. But if you are one of the lucky ones that has this waiting for you, you should update. Well, Apple had their quarterly call on Monday, and I put up a post summarizing the key points of the call, but for those that missed it, revenue for the last quarter was $57.6 billion, a new record for Apple, versus $54.5 billion a year ago quarter, and $37.5 billion in the previous quarter. Total cash on hand is now up to $158.8 billion, up $12 billion for the quarter from the $146.8 billion mark iPhone sold last quarter a new record, 51 million units, up from 47.8 million in the year-ago quarter and 33.8 million in the previous quarter, or the quarter previous to the previous quarter. iPads sold also a new record, 26 million in the quarter versus 22.9 million in the year-ago quarter and 14.1 million in the quarter before that. Well, that being the last one. All iPods sold 6 million versus 12.7 million in the year ago quarter and 3.5 million in the quarter prior. iPod Touches sold, eh, never given anymore. They don't break it out. But over half of the 6 million iPods sold were iPod Touches. So welcome, you new iOS users that are iPod owners. Other notes international sales now made up 63% of the quarter's revenue. That's up from the last time they gave a number, which was 60%. So it's going up on the international side. $7.7 billion in cash was given back to shareholders last quarter. Apple's revenue for calendar year 2013, $174 billion in the calendar year 2013. That compares to the iPhone revenue for calendar year 2013 of $93.1 billion. So $93.1 of the $174 billion was just for the iPhone. Microsoft's revenue for calendar year 2013 for all their product lines, $82.8 billion, over $10 billion less, if you can do actual little math there. And Google's revenue for calendar year 2013 totaled out at $59.8 billion for all their product lines combined. More on that shortly in the episode. Per Touch ID and a mobile payment system that was brought up in the quarterly conference call and Tim Cook all but said it's coming and coming soon. And he did say there would be new product segments introduced by the end of 2014. Whoo, something new to talk about. So again, it should be a good year. So record revenue, record cash on hand, record iPhone sales, record iPods, iPad sales. Everything seems rosy, right? Wall Street's doing cartwheels, right? Uh, well, we'll get to that in a bit. I would be wrong not to mention at this point how the analysts did in their predictions uh, for the iPhone and iPad sales. And Philip Elmer DeWitt is quick to put together this for everyone. Kudos go out to Andy Hargraves of Pacific Crest for guessing 50.93 million iPhone sales last quarter, which was closest to the cup or closest to the pin, however you want to phrase it. The opposite of kudos goes to Niccolo Malakaki, or I don't know, of Traderhood for guessing 61.1 million iPhones sold. He was furthest from the pin. Kudos to Matt Liu of the Brayburn Group, group 
Scott Craig of Merrill Lynch, and Andy Perkins of Society General for nailing the 26 million iPads sold number. So they got it in the, in the hole. Tiebreaker of the three goes to Andy Perkins for also guessing 52 million iPhones sold. So very close on that as well. Anti-kudos goes to Glenn Young of Citigroup for a guess of 21 million iPads sold. Problem with the Apple numbers on the iPhone sales is that most analysts predicted in the mid to upper 50s for iPhone sales. It was kind of funny to see how far off the majority of the analysts were this time around. Sadly, that means rather than them saying they got it wrong, they say Apple got it wrong. And that has been reflected heavily in the stock price this past week, which it took a beating. Wired had a good article talking about how no matter what Apple does, it is just not good enough for those on Wall Street. Mind you, with Apple's numbers, they exceeded Wall Street's expectations for total revenue and for earnings per share. You know, kind of the two most important numbers with regards to how things are really going. Apple also had record numbers for both iPhone and iPad unit sales, but it did not matter. Wall Street knocked down Apple stock. So let's look at how crazy some of the negativity is towards Apple. I put up some charts in the Google Plus community for the show that in calendar year 2013, Google had a total of 59.8 billion in revenue and Microsoft had 82.8 billion. The iPhone line alone had 93.1 billion in revenue for 2013, almost 2x that of Google's revenue. Apple proper had a total of 174 billion of revenue in 2013. Now here is an even crazier analysis. If you take the market caps for Google, Microsoft, and Apple, and minus out their cash on hand, this gives you what's kind of known as the enterprise or business value of these companies. And the results are shocking. Apple's market cap minus cash is $209.9 billion, just a little above last year's $174 billion in total revenue. Microsoft, which had less than half of Apple's revenue at $82.8 billion, has a market cap less cash of $222.1 billion. Yes, more than Apple. And finally, Google, with revenue in all of 2013 of $59.8 billion, has a market cap less cash of $336.3 billion. Yes, Google, which has one-third of the revenue of Apple, has a market cap less cash of 1.6 times that of Apple's. Can you spot the bubble? Because either Google is way, way, way overvalued, or Apple is way, way, way undervalued right now. My guess it's kind of maybe a mix of the two. Also, Apple generated more cash last quarter than Google had for total revenue last quarter. And actually, it wasn't even close. Apple generated over $22 billion in cash to Google's 16 and change billion in revenue. So right now, if you look at Apple stock price and compare it to the other companies mentioned, Apple really is a bargain. Filed this next one under what took them so long, and that is that Google has finally sold off the Motorola handset division something that they were kind of expected to do right away, as Google really just wanted the patents from Moto for their handsets. Google paid $12.5 billion and just sold the handset division for $3 billion to Lenovo, plus they sold the set-top box division back when they first got it for $2.3 billion. So really, Google paid about $7 billion for the patents. They should have just teamed up with Apple and Microsoft when they purchased the Nortel patents. It would have been much, much, much cheaper for them. 
There you had multiple companies team up to pay $4.6 billion. So Google paid 2x for the Moto patents than a group of companies com paid combined. I want to take a minute to thank today's sponsor, and that is once again Hover. If you are new to Hover, use promo code TIICASH to get 10% off your initial purchases when you first use Hover. But rather than me sing you the virtues of Hover, here, let's have some listener feedback about Hover. Hi, Rob. I figured I'd call in with my two cents on the company Hover, seeing that they are the show's sponsor this quarter. First off, I'd like to thank you for mentioning them some time back. If it wasn't for that, I'm not sure where I would have my domains registered. At this point, I believe I have about six or seven domains registered with them, and one has full email. It was my first time registering a domain. Everything was foreign to me. However, Hover makes it so simple that that did not even matter. I literally searched for the domain I was looking for, found it, selected a few options, and paid for it. And when it said $15 on the screen, that is exactly what I paid. No hidden fees whatsoever. Since then, I have recommended them to a friend who had a domain registered with someone else. He was trying to set up forwards, and it was nothing but a headache. It was very, very difficult navigating their website, and he did incur some extra fees. I recommended to Hover. He used Hover's valet service to switch his domain over to Hover. He is not looking back. He can't believe how easy the interface is. Again, it's very clean. It's not cluttered with things you don't need. Setting up forwards is super, super simple. I mean, there's nothing more you can really say. I mean, it is amazing. I recently had a small issue with a forward I created. I called their customer service and, well, nearly fell off my chair. When after two rings, an actual human being answered the phone and said hello. That is amazing. In today and day, you know, everything's a machine. Push one for this, two for that. It's very aggravating. Hover's customer service is astounding. I can't recommend this company enough. Between having a great product at a low price, no hidden fees, clean, easy to use, and customer service is amazing. So if anyone is looking for a registrar of any kind, this is definitely the place to go. Like I said, I totally recommend Hover to register any of your domains. Thanks for the show. Appreciate what you do. Take care. I love it when people do my job for me. And folks, once again, use promo code TIICASH, one word, TIICASH, when you make your first purchase at Hover.com. And again, thanks to the caller for sending in his thoughts, which, I mean, really sum up the, the whole feel of Hover. And as a user, I can tell you I feel the same way. Hover is a great, great company. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring the show. Into the email bag we go. Hey, Rob, I believe one of your listeners called in about Siri not recognizing a company name and giving their message a vulgar twist. The only idea I have for this one is if you go into settings, then general, then restrictions, then Siri, there is an option disable explicit language. This way, with that disabled, Siri's vocabulary will be more limited, and it may force her to actually write what you want her to say, but only if, in your case, she is confusing it with some more, something more explicit. Hope that helps someone, and I hope you had a wonderful day. Regards, Dan. Well, thank you, Dan, for that feedback. Good idea. Hi, Rob. I know this question has come up uh, previously, and I can't remember if an answer was ever provided. I have found a way of shuffling music within a specific genre. Here's how. 1. Open the music app. 
then click more then genres then put in the desired genre in the search field like hip-hop scroll down to the genre section and select the genre you put in the search bar select shuffle all songs at the top great to be able to finally do this cheers stefan well thank you stefan for that feedback hi there rob this is rob from new jersey and I wanted to call in and find out from anybody who has installed the iOS 7.1 beta if an issue has been fixed or changed. The issue I want to know about is the newsstand on the iPad. Right now in iOS 7.0, any of the versions of 7.0, when you open the newsstand, if you go to close the newsstand, you have to push the home button. Needless to say, this is inconvenient for people who are getting used to or are used to uh, using the gesture to close an app or close a folder, which is, you know, with your four, with the four fingers that you squeeze on the screen. So I'd like to know from anybody who has installed iOS 7.1 if they have changed that behavior where you can actually use the, the gesture to close the newsstand. I think it's something that Apple definitely overlooked when they implemented the new newsstand in iOS 7. So I'm hoping that they will fix it because it is something that I think they really did overlook. Anybody knows iOS 7.1 on the iPad, just find out if the newsstand closes with the gesture. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Rob, thanks for the question. Sadly, I have only put the beta for 7.1 on my iPhone, not on any of the iPads, so I can't answer your question. But if someone else out there has put beta 7.1 on their iPad and can help Rob, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Lots and lots and lots of activity in our Google Plus community. There were posts about SwiftKey Note app finally being available for iOS. That's free, so you might want to check out the SwiftKey One Word Note app in the iOS app store. So SwiftKey One Word Note, actually a second word. There were also posts from me with my charts showing revenue for Apple versus Google versus Microsoft, plus the market cap analysis, less cash that is. Quite a few posts about jailbreak apps, like the one on the jailbreak app Virtual Home, which uses your touch ID sensor to allow you to tap but not push the home button to get it to register as a push. Tap and hold, again, without pushing on the home button, and it opens up the app switcher, thus saving you the wear and tear on the home button. So that's kind of a cool one called Virtual Home, obviously just for iPhone 5S owners. There are a few posts from Chris in London about jailbreak apps and tweaks, like the one for Spring Omize, Spring Tomize 3 that allows turning off of Spotlight. So we had someone asking about how to turn off Spotlight. If you jailbreak, the tweak Spring Tomize 3 allows you to turn off Spotlight. There was a question about transferring ripped movies back off an iOS device onto a computer. One said computer crashed and burned which was solved with the suggestion of using iPhone Explorer. And, well, there were dozens of other posts as well. And all of these posts were in an Android fanboy's free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS and Apple. Go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. Thanks to all that sent in this next one, giving a heads up on this, and that is the iTunes store went down the other evening, and when it came back up, well, there were no new products, but the sections at the top of the Apple.com site 
did change a little. As in Apple TV, which used to be under the iPod section, you know, where you kind of stick a hobby, now has its own section at the top. It seems as if Apple is graduating Apple TV from hobby status to its own seat at the grown-ups table. Congrats, Apple TV. You earned it. Now, there have been some rumors lately of a new Apple TV, the fourth gen, coming along, and this, well, kind of would back up those rumors. So hopefully we'll see a new Apple TV here out before not too long. Hey, and speaking of Apple TV, there was a very quiet update to Apple TV last week where the Red Bull TV channel was added. The content offer includes action sports, music, lifestyle-related video series, and it also includes on-demand and live content. Apple TV just keeps getting more and more content and channels. It's almost like they are going to go after the cable guys and their offerings. Now we just need a true app store for Apple TV, and we will be all set. Under stupid headlines, not related to Apple stock, this is one from The Verge. Quote, the age of the iPod is over. Unquote. You think? Wow, what insight. I mean, if this was 2007 or even 2008, maybe even 2009. But in 2014? Yeah. There is uh, two seconds left on the clock. The Seahawks are down by 27 points. And that's like saying, at that point, I think the Broncos are going to win. Brilliant. Of course, the day of the iPod is over. It's been over for quite some time. Switching gears, according to Eugene Kaspersky, CEO and founder of Kaspersky Labs, banking applications on Android phones are most vulnerable to cybercrime. Good things most Android owners don't do anything on their phone other than make calls and emails and play Angry Birds, or there might actually be some real issues. That said, Kaspersky said 99% of mobile attacks are towards Android-based phones, since Apple has strict controls and, well, Android does not. That, according to Kaspersky. So really, the best way to protect yourself from cyber criminals is, once again, just get an Apple device. I like this next article because it's about Samsung's current woes. These are real woes, not like Apple's stock woes this past week that are bogus woes. Seems the S4 is not selling like Sammy hoped or others expected. Sound familiar? And profits are way down. Not familiar. Down over 18% versus the previous year. Here is a nice quote from the article from CNN Money's Adrian Covert. The Galaxy S4 is, quote, disappointment in every regard from design and specs to sales. Every other smartphone maker, meanwhile, was able to produce a phone that was just as fast, powerful, and capable as Samsung's top smartphone with a higher quality design and better system software. Suddenly, there was very little to distinguish Samsung from the pack. Samsung needs more than just marketing hype. Consumers have caught on that many of their flashier features in Samsung's product are just that, flash. Its products now need substance that make it more than just another high-end Android phone in a sea of high-end Android phones, unquote. Well said, Mr. Covert. Not that we are overtly enjoying seeing some of Sammy's pain. Okay, well, maybe just a little. Thanks to Jerry J and a bunch of others for the heads up on this next one, which is about available storage versus advertised storage in smartphones, i.e. how much storage does a 16-gig iPhone 5C have available to the user? Well, the answer is a lot more than other 16-gig smartphones have for their users. It works out like this. 
The 5C has 12.6 gig available of usable storage. The Nexus 5 has 12.28 gig available. And the 5S has 12.2 gig available. Those are the top three. Others of note, the HTC One has 10.44 gig. And in last place, shocker, that would be the Sami Galaxy S4 with just 8.56 gig of the 16 gig available for the user. Guess all those bumping and hand-waving gestures take their toll on storage. Well, maybe if you wave your hands just right over that S4, you'll get more storage back. Or maybe you can just keep bumping it into things. Like, I don't know, your forehead or a brick wall or a hammer or an anvil. Just saying. Hello, Rob. It's Ben from Montreal, Canada. I've heard a lot of people are having issues with synchronizations between iDevices and iTunes. I am also a victim of this problem. It occurred since day one of iOS 7. I own an iPhone 5S and I'm running uh, on Windows 7 and both iPhone and iTunes are up to date. And there is no way for me to sync my iDevice properly with iTunes. I'm not going to go through all the steps on how bad it goes because some of your users mentioned, mentioned it and it's well, um, well documented. But there is something I want to know. Is it related to Windows users only or is it related to uh, Mac also? And by the way, I don't have iTunes uh, match. So, for anyone who thinks iTunes, iTunes Match might be a problem, no, I don't have it. So, and I still have this problem with synchronization. Now, if you want to see the problem, I, I don't have a solution for it, but I, I can see it. You just have to plug your iPhone in your computer. Turn on iTunes. Wait for your phone to show up in the left pane or the top right of iTunes. Then click on this iPhone icon. You will see tabs. One of the tabs will, well, some tabs will be music, photos, and look at the far, the far right, you will see in my phone. Click on this tab. It will show you all the songs on your iPhone. And you cannot do a damn thing about it, but you can see it. So what you will see is some of the songs are grayed out with a little circle on the far, a circle on the far left. Now, bear with me. There's nothing you can do about it, but that tells you that the song is not properly synced. And even though you're trying to sync again and again, it will still remain grayed out with a little circle. So that is bad. So I hope Apple is aware of it and will work on it because I'm working on this since September, October when iOS came and I still don't know what to do with it. So please let me know if it's related to iOS, uh, well, to users with Windows or Mac or both. I would like to know that. Anyway, thank you, Rob, for your show. And uh, I hope everything is good on your side. Bye-bye. Ben, good to hear from you again. And I don't remember if any of the people that are having sync issues were Mac people or not. So I'm going to send this call out. If you are having that sync issue with music, are you Windows or are you Mac? Email me, todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know if you're having the sync issue and if you are, if you're on a Windows or a Mac. And if you're on Windows, which OS you're running for Windows. Hi, Rob. I'm getting tired of typing in my email address. I was wondering if there's some simple way 
to memorize the address so that it can be easily pasted multiple times. It seems like there should be a way to save it in memory instead of losing it every time you copy something else, regards Michael A. Hi, Michael. Here is one of those little tricks for iOS devices many kinda know of, but most never use. Go to the Settings app, then General, then Keyboard, then scroll to the bottom and select Add New Shortcut. Then for the phrase, add your email address. And for the shortcut, put something like QQ or KK or something you know you're never going to normally type. For example, if my wife's name, or if my wife's name, my wife's name is Karen. So KK is what I have for the shortcut for her email address. It's simple. Then go to the Notes app and type in your shortcut, and you should see the bubble pop up with it. And then just tap the space bar once you see the bubble, and it'll add it in. So when I type KK in the Notes app or email or wherever I am, the shortcut will show up for her email address. I also added in shortcuts for my name typed in lowercase, but the phrase in uppercase. This way, if I forget to capitalize my name, the shortcut takes care of it. I did that for both my first name and for my last name. Hi, Rob. Can you recommend which iPad Air, AT&T, or Verizon to buy? I found an article that said they are all unlocked except Sprint, and you can swap the SIM to change service. Is that true? Then Best Buy thought the Verizon version was unlocked, but not AT&T. I know you're busy, but as always, appreciate your show and comments. Regards, Steve in Springfield, Mo. Hi, Steve. I recommend the T-Mobile one. Yes, they're all unlocked, but at least with the T-Mobile one, you get 200 meg of free data a month for life, and you don't have to go and get the SIM card from T-Mobile. So you get the T-Mobile one with the T-Mobile SIM card in there, and you get 200 meg of free data. You can still get it to work with Verizon or AT&T if you need it, but I recommend you start with the T-Mobile version and the free 200 meg of a month of data, and if that's not enough for you and you do want to go with Verizon and AT&T, you can always get their SIM cards for that later on. Hope that helped. Regards. I received an email from Mary about a crowdfunded project she's having a quality issue with, and let me paraphrase her email a little bit here. Hi, Rob. Well, I understand this is a crowdfunding campaign and as such comes with an inherent risk. What kind of legal obligation do campaigners have to their backers? And in your experience, do you see much of a difference between the guidelines held by Kickstarter versus Indiegogo? Here is a quote from the guy running the product that I have an issue with to a backer asking for a refund. Quote, this is a crowdfunding campaign, not a store. You have made a contribution, a donation. There are no refunds on crowdfunding campaigns, unquote. Other backers have commented that this company essentially buys and resells Chinese products. I would like to be an informed consumer moving forward. What kinds of protection do campaign backers have? Any insight thoughts would be greatly appreciated. Regards, Mary. Hi, Mary. The crowdfunded projects are meant to be capital to someone as they develop a new product. New being the keyword and develop also being kind of important in that sentence. Some crowdfunded projects will never ship. The person that thought up the idea just gets in too deep or was way too optimistic or just a bad design engineer. Sometimes they get unlucky and design in a part that is defective. Whatever the case, some percentage of crowdfunded projects will never ship or will ship defective. What they are not supposed to be is a buy and resell outlet. 
So if this is a case where the person promised some new product and all they did was contact someone in China to ship over a cheap product for them to resell, that's a big no-no. And in that case, you have a legit issue and you should try to get a refund. But if it is a case of just a bad design or defective components, well, that's just part of crowdfunding. Think of it as you are a venture capitalist and for your investment, you have the potential payoff of a product that works for a price that is cheaper than buying a proven product from say Best Buy. But another potential outcome is a product that does not work or no product at all. Crowdfunding is not Best Buy. It is a risk, a gamble, a hope, sometimes a prayer of getting a cool new product at a low price. Per Indiegogo versus Kickstarter, it does appear that Kickstarter has more rules and more requirements to get a project started. So Indiegogo tends to be a little bit more wild, wild west, so to speak. When I fund a product, when I sign up through Kickstarter Indiegogo for a product, I'm not looking at it as, say, buying a product so much as I am funding it. And if it comes, great. Right now, I've got two outstanding products, one that was due in August, one that was due in September. I'm not mad. I'm still hopeful I'm going to get one or both of them. One of them is for my wife, so I really hope I get that one. The other one's for me. But again, it's just a hope and a prayer. Both of these products, I think, were cool. I hope these guys work it out, and I hope to see products shortly. And on that note, I normally would roll right into a Kickstarter or Indiegogo project, but I didn't find any I really like this week, so we're not going to actually do any this week. And there's a few out there, but none of them really tickled my fancy. Two episodes ago, and for those keeping track at home, that would be episode 293, an interview I did with the CEO of STM Bags. And before CES, I actually was given an STM Grip 2 case for the iPad Mini Retina to review. They actually mailed it to me here and got it in late December, and my wife has been using it for the past five plus weeks. So I asked her for her review of the Grip 2. She said the following, quote, it is sturdy and snaps together very well, and it is very snug fit. You don't worry about the iPad uh, going to fall out of it. Also, the material of the case is nice rubbery feel that unlike the iPad mini, which on its own feels like it's gonna jump out of your hand or slip out of your hand, this case it feels safe in your hands. The stand hinge on the back is well-made with metal pins. It stays shut when you want the hinge to stay shut, but when you need it to pop out and prop up in the kitchen to, say, make a few batches of chocolate chip cookies when Rob is dieting, well, in that case, it works really well. And it does not slip around on the counter either. I really like this case. Regards, Rob's wife. Again, that is the STM Grip two case for iPad mini. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Pricing on this is $40. Comes in black, red, yellow, and purple. This one my wife tested was all black. Thanks, honey, for your help. Except for the part where you were cooking. She was doing cooking for the church bake sale and she was making chocolate chip cookies and chocolate chip muffins and other muffins and all kinds of stuff, and I'm there dieting, and I was basically almost dying in here in my office, smelling all those goodies I couldn't eat. But I'm proud to say, in less than a two-week window, I went from 202 to 181. Hi, Rob. Pop Slate is a second screen on the back of the case. It is an e-ink screen for the iPhone 5 and 5S. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for the heads up on this one. If you go to Pop Slate, 
you will see this. And it looks pretty good. That's P-O-P-S-L-A-T-E dot com. But it will run you $129 for the case. Guess if you are someone constantly on your iPhone, you could put a, your picture on the e-ink display so people would know what you kind of look like when they're talking to you. It does seem to be more of a novelty item, but it's pretty cool novelty at that. Definitely a conversation starter. Maybe if you're out at uh, trade shows and other things like that, you could have your business card on the back of it, or you could have your company logo. And you know, So it's kind of cool. Again, popslate.com. It's $129 for the case. And, and again, nice conversation starter. Hi, Rob. I wanted to bring this to your attention since you've mentioned Candy Crush in the past. I mean, it can't be right that Candy Crush devs can trademark common words like candy and saga and then go after games that have those individual words in their title, some of which existed before Candy Crush even came out or that didn't ha don't have anything to do with Candy Crush's gameplay. That's just wrong. It seems like Candy Crush folks were a small team like the ones they're now going after before they landed their big one-hit wonder. In other articles about this, I've read that affected developers apparently received messages directly from Apple's legal team. So the Candy Crush team is also involving Apple in their ridiculous trademark battle. I'm hoping that the public and media outcry over the situation will help the Candy Crush folks in rethinking their methods. I'm, for one, glad that I never ever downloaded Candy Crush and will boycott the developer until they hopefully come to their senses and stop this madness. All the best. Sebastian. Hi, Sebastian. I try not to bash previous advertisers, but this one's kind of acting like the Justin Bieber of developers. First, I only thought U.S. courts were kind of this stupid, but it does seem European courts are just as dumb as they're the ones that granted Candy Crush a trademark to start with on the word Candy and Saga. Um, what the frack? Oh, and the company behind Candy Crush? is also going after apps with SAG in the name because, you know, candy was just not, what, generic enough? I am so sorry I advertise for these guys. Definitely the first time I regret having someone as an advertiser. Sure, companies need to protect trademarks, but if you pick a name like Candy in the name of your app, you kind of have an expectation that name is one you'll not be able to get a trademark on because, you know, that word has been in use for, oh, what, forever, essentially? I do want to say kudos to the group of devs, over a hundred of them, that are currently out there carpet bombing the iTunes App Store with apps with the word candy or saga in them. They're just submitting all kinds of just dumb little hokey apps just, just to twerk, I guess, Apple and Candy Crush. They are doing this as part of a protest to the actions of King, the Candy Crush folks, and Apple. I guess next is a trademark for the word birds or angry. Sebastian, thanks for your email and for others who sent in emails and links on articles for this as well. I'll have a link to uh, a couple of the articles in the show notes, but it really is an ugly situation and a stupid situation and just downright regretful. Hi, Rob. Has anyone had any problems getting their SIM card to work on an iPad? I own an iPad 2, 16 gig, 3G plus Wi-Fi unlocked running iOS 7. When I try to install a SIM card in my iPad, a message pops up saying SIM card not installed. I tried all different UK carriers, but the same error pops up every time. This was working on the 3 network before upgrading to iOS 7. I tried turning off airplane and turning it back on again. Also tried turning power off and on. 
taking the sim out, blowing inside, reader, for any dirt that may have gotten in, nothing. Do I have to wait for a new update, or is this a hardware problem? Have you or any of your listeners had the same issue? Please let me know. Thanks. Regards, Justin in Birmingham, UK. Hi, Justin. Definitely sounds to me like there's some sort of mechanical issue going on, and I would have recommended what you did, which was blowing out the inside. If you have any compressed air, I would try blowing some compressed air inside the SIM card slot when you have the SIM card out. Also take a look at your SIM cards. Make sure there's no corrosion there. But outside of that, um, I'm going to send this one out to the listeners. Anyone else has had an issue with their iPad 2, uh, 3G version not working with the SIM card after updating to iOS 7, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Wanted to notify you of a new jailbreak app on Cydia called E-X-K-E-Y-X-Key. It adds the numbers 1 to 0 at the top of the keyboard instead of hitting the 1, 2, 3 button. Also, there is an app called JPEG to Siri, J-P-G-T-O-S-I-R-I, one word, which shows you pictures straight from Siri queries. Regards, Dev. Hi, Rob. I heard briefly on the last episode you mentioned that Password Pilot wasn't updated for iOS 7. Well, I wanted to let you know there is a version that's available for iOS 7. You have to add another source, though. It's repo.insanely.com. The tweak is called Password Pilot Mod KI iOS 7 and iOS 7 in parentheses. Regards, Tony, Elliott City. Tony, thank you for the heads up on that. Hi, Rob. Safari is broken on my jailbroken iPad 2. It opens for a second and then crashes. Help, regards, Max C. Hi, Max. Ah, one of the issues with jailbreaking, sometimes other things break. So there's a couple things you can do here. One, obviously, you can do the reset. Uh, go to, first, close out every app. Force quit all your open apps. Then go to general, or the settings app, then general, and then reset, and then go to reset network settings. Do that. Then see if Safari is working. If Safari is still not working, then you need to go in and start removing your jailbreak apps. Somewhere there's a conflict. So just start removing some of the apps you've installed. Any apps you're not using, start with those. Any jailbreak apps you've installed, just to see how they are. But say, yeah, I'm not going to use that. Start uninstalling those. You should never have apps that are jailbroken apps on your device that you don't plan on using anymore. Uninstall them. And then just one by one, keep doing that until you see if Safari comes back. But yep, that's part of the jailbreak world. Welcome to it, Max. Oh, and in the case where you've uninstalled every jailbreak app and tweak you've ever installed and it's still not working for Safari, then you got to do a full restore and a brand new jailbreak. So you may have had a corrupted jailbreak or something went along that line. So first, try uninstalling some apps. If that doesn't work, then do a full restore and re-jailbreak. Hello, Rob. This is Steve from Houston calling in about a fantastic CDO tweak called Eclipse. And what it does, it creates a global night theme for your iPhone. So apps that use white text, I mean black text on a white background, it reverses it, the text only, to white text on a black background. And it works very, very well. I mean, in contacts, somewhat in calendar... Mini apps, it works very, very well. Even the Photos app, 
it replaces the white borders with black. Now, it's not perfect. When the app's coming up, it shows to be white. Once it comes up, it re-renders the UI to be white on black. So it's really wonderful. Now, I had a little bit of a problem with TuneIn Radio because I could not hit the back button for some reason. But when I blacklisted the app, which uh, it didn't need that feature anyway, didn't, didn't need the night theme, uh, it worked just fine. So you can blacklist apps that you don't want to be affected by this program. But the tweak is wonderful. It's great for visually impaired people who really prefer white text on a black background. Well, I'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Enjoy your show. Bye. Steve, thanks for the review of Eclipse. That's a Cydia tweak. Folks, if you have a favorite Cydia app or jailbreak app or regular app that's in the App Store, let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send a recording to todayinios at gmail.com or just an email letting us know about your favorite apps. As you know, I am kind of a big proponent of installed apps, even before there was an App Store. And as a podcaster, I'm a big, big proponent of having your own app, like I do for this show. If you are a podcaster and wondering of the merits of having your own app, well, then you'll want to check out my recent appearance on the Podcasters Roundtable, link in the show notes titled, Should Your Podcast Have Its Own App?, which is in the show notes for episode 295 over at todayinios.com. Another place I can be found is in a video interview. Chuck Joyner at Mac Voices recorded of me over at NMX, of me and him actually. So if you would like to see what I look like on video, look for the link in the show notes. Chuck does a great Mac video podcast. Again, that's called Mac Voices and there's a link over in the show notes for episode 295. Thanks to Chelsea for this next one, which is really not so much a news article as much as it is a yup. It is an article from HuffPost titled, Everything from this 1991 Radio Shack ad you can now do with your iPhone. And it is pretty funny to see all the extra items you needed to buy back in 1991 to do what you now do with just your iPhone today and for a lot less money today. The iPhone replaces the need for a standalone AM FM clock radio, a calculator, a VHS camcorder, the Tandy 1000 TL computer, handheld cassette recorder, CD player, and well, more. And all the iPhone replaced over $3,000 of products just in that ad alone in 1991 dollars, or over 5,000 in today's dollars. Hi, Rob. Uh, this is Tom from Atlanta. I, I'm catching up on some of your older um, uh, podcasts, and I just listened to 289. In it, uh, there's a gentleman who complained about fingerprint ID on the 5S. I'm having the same problem. Uh, it seems, you know, I've been very careful about putting it in. I've gone to the tutorials. I've followed them religiously. The first couple of times it works, and then it doesn't work uh, for any of my fingers. I have done, I've, I've done four fingers. I've deleted them. I've done five fingers. I've deleted them. I've had my wife do her fingers. I've deleted them. Maybe a later episode has some insight, but I'm just about ready to go to the Genius Bar and see what's going on here. So I'm just curious if you or your listeners have uh, any updates on that. Thanks, Rob. Hi, Tom. Thanks for the voicemail message. Now, what you may have heard on past episode, what you want to do is go into the Settings app, then go to General, then go to Accessibility, then scroll down and find Reduce Motion, 
and then select that on. So turn on reduce motion, which turns off the parallax effect. For some reason, that seems to improve it for the vast majority of people that have been having an issue with their fingerprints not reading a touch ID. For some reason, turning on reduce motion seems to greatly improve your touch ID identification. Now, quite a few people have sent in some links to another article that's come out recently about what you want to do is go into the settings app and go to touch ID. And then in touch ID and passcode, you want to go to where it says touch ID and then go to your finger. You'll see your fingerprints there and then just put your finger over it and just keep moving your finger around as you're seeing your finger light up every time it lights up. It seems to be learning or supposedly learning your fingerprint better. That all said, doesn't hold a candle to the feedback I've gotten from people when they turn off or turn on reduce motion, turn off parallax. So turning on reduce motion seems to be the most immediate improvement for Touch ID. Hi Rob, I'm looking for a way to disable all notifications while watching Netflix or mirroring to a TV. I know how to disable inbound calls, but is there a way I can easily disable all notifications? Regards, Brian. Brian, I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out to the audience. If anyone can help Brian, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob, just wanted to let you know how I feel about the iPhone because I was bored of the iPhone, so I was going to get a different phone, something else that's not an iPhone, so I did, and within one day, I regretted my decision to change because all the other phones out there are whack. The Galaxy phones not very good. The Note really is not very good. So I returned the phone I got and went back to the iPhone. I'm sorry because I thought iPhones were not very good now. And now I know the iPhone is the best. Just wanted to tell you my story to let people know if they wanted to change from the iPhone to any other phone that you will regret it big time. Thanks for your time. Regards, Alvaros. Alvaros, thanks for your email, and you're not the only one that's sent in feedback like that. I've gotten quite a few of those people that have decided the grass was greener on the other side, only to find out there wasn't even any grass over there. Hi, Rob. An app I've been using is Heytel. It's a text app that is voice mode, great for driving, voice in, voice out, no transfer to text, stays voice. Works great, especially if no or weak cell signal, like at our house, Use data, you can speak up to 30 seconds. Now when my wife is home and the cell is not getting very good reception, I can get her on Haytel. Regards, Mike R. in Texas. Hi Rob, for some weird reason, I cannot delete a certain song on my iPod Touch 5th Gen. I try to swipe to the right, but it won't delete. It works on every other song, but not that one. Any thoughts? Regards, Zachary S. And again, Zachary, I'm going to throw that one out there to the audience. Has anyone else ever seen this issue where you can't delete a song off your iOS device? And what did you do to fix that? 206-666-6364. It's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Quick note to Libsyn customers. Tentatively, on February 10th, Libsyn 4 will launch. So if you have any questions about the new UI, let me know. Rob at Libsyn.com. Thanks again to our sponsor today, and that is Hover. Go to Hover.com. Remember, for new users, use promo code TIICASH, one word, TIICASH, to get 10% off your purchase. Hover is who I manage all my domains with, 
And I really do love their service and recommend them even when they're not advertising on the show. Again, use promo code TIICASH to save 10% when you first purchase a domain name with Hover. If you want to know when new episodes of this show go up, look at the TII app. Not just the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get push notices when a new episode goes live or there is other iOS breaking news, just $2.99 in the iTunes App Store. It helps you get the most out of the show and it helps you support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. It can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our new moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time. I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 